Galair, and welcome to the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, slicing into the GA of the past, present, and future. Join me, Jason Keelan, as we cut into the largest loaf of bread known to mankind. Hello, Diagwitch, Bonjour, Nihao, Konnichiwa, Guten Tag, and Privyat to you all, wherever you're listening in. What started as a message to 10 clubs has now expanded to more than 50 clubs globally from all continents. The journey through Loaf 2 GA Global continues this week as we move on to our next destination in the GA world. So come with me on the GA journey of a lifetime and meet clubs from Canada to Argentina, South Africa to Gibraltar, Bermuda to the North Pole, New Zealand to Kuwait, Knoxville to Qatar and literally everywhere in between. So grab the passports, grab the bags, it's time to go. On Slice 44, I have the chats with two dubs. Firstly, Kilmaco Croaks, Dublin Ladies Senior Football Star and All-Ireland winner, Ava Rutledge, and Rohini GA man, CJ O'Higgins. We chat all about Ava's time playing in Chicago with Nash Gales, bitter rivalries of Bridget's over in the Windy City, the toughest players at both their clubs, the what might have been squad underage at Rohini with CJ, the growth of Mead and Westmead Ladies Football, and the impact of Hannah Tyrrell and others in Dublin Ladies GA. Then we chat all about their latest product, Great Grip Gloves, an amazing dry weather GA glove that is growing in popularity among the clubs and counties at all levels. And what about the future products and potential markets for the gloves? We'll find out all this and more. But first as always, let's take a trip through the city of Chicago and find out everything there is to know about the Windy City. Bon Soltos. Welcome to Chicago everybody. Today we are in the state of Illinois on the shores of Lake Michigan, the windy city of Chicago. The name of Chicago comes from a tribal word, Chicaqua, a type of wild onion or wild garlic. The tribe were the Miami, Illinois, names you're probably familiar with. The Potawatomi people were the original in the 18th century before settlers of African, French and Canadian descent settled on the region. After the Treaty of Chicago in 1833, the Potawatomi people were sent away. In 1837, Chicago became a city and for long periods was known to be the world's fastest growing. Having access to both railroad and waterways helped hugely with industry, movement of goods and services and people, and huge trading prospects grew as a result. Politics in the region at the time were vital in shaping the future of the country, and it could be argued the American Civil War began in the state of Illinois when one man from the area, Abraham Lincoln, challenged Senator Stephen Douglas over his pro-slavery attitude and defeated him, which ultimately pissed off many southern states. And so it began. Sadly, in 1871, much of the great work in the city was undone by the Great Chicago Fire. Wooden construction, hot weather, wind, not a great combination. Of course the fire though had to start in a barn owned by the O'Learys, an Irish immigrant family. In fact, the rumour is that it was Mrs O'Leary's cow knocking over a lantern that started it. Catherine O'Leary would, regardless, spend the rest of her life being vilified for the event and even as songs and poems written about her. Late one night when we were all in bed, old Mother Leary left a lantern in the shed and when the cow kicked it over she winked her eye and said, there'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. Like much of the early 20th century in America, Chicago suffered through events like the Great Depression in 29 and two world wars. But one thing that really impacted Chicago was the 18th Amendment, 
banning of alcohol in the USA, better known as Prohibition. This brought about the gangster era of the city and created such iconic names like Bugs Morn and Al Capone. In fact, the two gang leaders were the subject of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre of 1929 when Capone sent out gunmen to take out Morn's group. If you don't know much about Prohibition, perhaps watching the Simpsons episode on it would help with the historical accuracy, especially when it happened to coincide with St. Patrick's Day. I need a pencil! Ladies and gentlemen, what you're seeing is a total disregard for the things St. Patrick's Day stands for. All this drinking, violence, destruction of property, are these the things we think of when we think of the Irish? During World War II, the city produced more steel than anywhere in the world and they were a major part of the Manhattan Project with the first ever nuclear reaction happening at the University of Chicago Laboratories. You may hear more about Chicago in further upcoming episodes, but just to finish here are a few facts about Chicago to blow your mind or bore you to death, whichever you prefer. Chicago is the home to the first skyscraper in the world, the 10-storey Chicago Home Insurance Group building, as well as the tallest building in the world designed by a female, standing at 82 storeys. The first brownie was made in Chicago, and the first open heart surgery happened there. Potentially a coincidence. In 1960, the first presidential debate helped John F. Kennedy to win the top job in the world. But the one that I want to argue is that the Chicago River is the only engineered river in the world to flow backwards. For good reason too. But these lads clearly haven't been out the road here to see the Seven Wonders of Four in County Westmeath. Much like the magic road in Father Ted, there is a river nearby here that flows uphill. Now Chicago, take that. On the sporting side you can mention the famous names of the Red Sox on the baseball field and of course the famous Chicago Bulls team on the NBA court. The NBA team were a revelation in the 1990s with the likes of the great Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman and co under the great coach Phil Jackson. Their legacy is summed up in the iconic Netflix series The Last Dance. Nashling Gales GEA is the only ladies GEA club in the region and was founded in 2008. It didn't take long for the club to find success as they won both the junior A and intermediate grades in Chicago in 2011 and since then have won an amazing 9 titles showing they are a serious outfit. But from their cool website you can tell the club is also a seriously social outfit and one which is incredibly well run and inviting to players of all abilities. So let's find out a little bit about Ashling Gales Club in Chicago, a little bit about Rohini, Kilmacud, the Dublin ladies team and an incredible new product called the Great Grip Gloves. Lovely. Uh, first thing I suppose lads, I'll, I'll let you introduce yourselves to, uh, to all the listeners so, uh, so they know who they're talking to. Um, okay, well my name is Ava Rutledge. And this is uh, I'm CJ Higgins, and we're the owners of Great Grip Gloves. Super, very good. And whereabouts uh, are the two of you guys from? I'm from Slorgan, Dublin. And then I'm from Rohini, both, uh, both Dublin heads. Two Dublin two people, God. I'm sorely <laughs> outnumbered here already, which is a bad start. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've. Um, I know I've seen I've seen your stuff uh, around on Instagram and I've seen your TikToks and stuff as well. We'll have a we'll have a chat about the the gloves for a while um, soon enough, hopefully. But uh, what's your own GA backgrounds yourselves? Um, I currently play for Chemical Croaks and the Dublin team as well. I've played with Dublin senior team since about 2015. Oh. Uh, I've been more of a spectator than anything else, <laughs> but. Uh... 
Actually, look, I, I played for a good few years and then I had my brother play as well, open the doors for a while. But uh, I don't know, I, I never reached the full <laughs> the full potential I could have got to. So, yeah, yep. yeah. join yeah. the club. Yeah, at least you got to 21s. I didn't even get that far in my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, it's good crack. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good crack. Yeah, I do like the spectator role. I have to say at the moment, it's uh, I let my brother do all the work, which is handy. He's a, he's a hand, <laughs> handy footballer. So, and um, and is it one of you or both of you has experience over in the states with Ashton Gales? Is that right? Um, just me. I actually went over on my J one Chicago in twenty seventeen, and played football with Ashton Gales. My sister went over three years before me and played as well. And um, so I went over with a few of my friends, two from the club and one from. Dublin that I play with now she plays with Fingalians I went over and had an absolute ball playing with Ashton Gales for the summer so we did very good and what's the what's the, what was the makeup of the club like at the time what was numbers like um, we actually had a decent turnout so we had a senior and a junior team um, both playing so over there during the summer it was against there was two teams in the senior league it was Ashton Gales and Bridget's um, so I know a few girls who've gone over to play with Bridget's as well and um, and both just everyone says it's just so much fun going over to play like it's such a different experience and a different J1 compared to not playing um but no it was actually the training was quite tough I nearly went to training expecting it to be like you know handy walk in the park at the start but I think my first session was running up hills and doing fitness which is a bit of a shock in the heat over there um but no it was really enjoyable then every Sunday there was a match um and then after you headed into Gaelic Park and had a bit of crack and everything so no it was it was really good fun that's cool, yeah. She didn't get the same type of... Uh, you weren't made run up and down hills and still Oregon, now. No, thankfully not. <laughs> I don't think I'd have lasted if we were made to do that. Yeah. And what was uh, with the club with Ash and Gales? Um, it's kind of a, a running team, I suppose, with a lot of the clubs in America. How were they fixed for an actual ground to train on or was it competing with a local park? Or um, We actually trained in local parks. Um, which is great, but they gave us accommodation that was quite close to the park itself, um, which made that a bit easier. Um, but no, the pitch itself, like the, the grounds we were training on, we had the same pitch to train on every week. Um, it wasn't a struggle to try and get pitches, but I think it could have been like a junior American football pitch mm. um, with goals and stuff to lay out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it worked, it worked for us. And like we did get good numbers of training between both teams. Um, and then there was like, there could have been 20 Irish heads of us over there um so no we had it was actually it was really good training and we had oh, different matches different competitions between each other and so now there was like the crack cup we used to do where it was like all the teams <laughs> were mixed and seven aside so no it was really it was brilliant it was really good crack cup that sounds like something that definitely could take off for this side of the world anyway <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think it's just a, an exclusive american thing but uh you said you'd like 20 hours or so did you any yeah, other was- counties represented or Loads of different counties. I'm trying to think now. So there's a few Dublin, Wicklow, Donegal, Mayo, Roscommon. Any good uh, counties now? <laughs> name a few. <laughs> um, no, they're actually, it was well represented. I think Bridget's as well had a lot of Irish people. So okay. at, on the pitch at once, you could only have seven Irish people playing. Mm. Um, and then it was rotated, but it was so rough. Like the difference in the standard over there, it was just a lot more physical than it was here. Um, different refs nearly didn't understand all the rules, maybe, but um, no. But it was it, it was a different, completely different standard. Um, it was tough. It was really tough, especially in the heat. And that's kind of where the idea of the gloves came from. Was you know, I I always wear gloves. And one of those players, 
if it's like bone dry, I'd have always worn gloves. So then I was like, I don't know, I wearing the foam gloves over there were adding no benefit at all. Mm. So that's where I came up with the idea to go to a local Target or Walmart and try and look for a glove that was a lighter material to use that. And then since I've come home, I've been wearing them every day since at every trip, every session when it's dry. And um, CG was trying to say then, why don't we make our own ones and just hmm. to GA and LGFA? So that's where the kind of the idea of the gloves came from. And hey. we kind of went forward, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. correct. Had, had you trouble in the, like, did you have to go funding? Down the funding road uh, sort of raising funds to get it off the ground or how did it go for you now uh to be honest with you when it comes to creating product like that because of how small glove is it actually doesn't require that much time or supplies mm. actually invested into it it's more whatever we're happy with material wise that was essentially the base ground and then just making up the glove it's a bit of selling a bit of stitching not much to it from there and mm. um, it's it's just deciding off of essentially three of the factors where let's well, say four it's like the design what strap would you like what back material would you like and what front material would you like and then obviously the front material for us was pivotal because to be honest with you it's, it's very controversial what we're doing if i'm completely <laughs> honest with you yeah but, uh ah, it's good crack i mean with regards to her going away to America, like we've chatted about Ash and Gales and stuff. Um, I'm I'm impressed by how intense the rivalry was when they came back. Like she, she still has uh deep rooted hatred between Bridget's and uh Ash and Gales, and it it shows every once in a while. I think one of uh I think Sean McMahon from the Dublin team, was it? He was over playing, yeah. He went over to Bridget's and Ava had a had a little I, I'd be close mates with Sean and Ava had like a little little dig at Sean being like, What you, <laughs> why are you going to the local rivals? Well, it's so it's like insane. I know there's rivals over here between different hmm. counties, all Dublin and Mees, but like it is next level over there between especially when there's only two teams in the senior championship and you played each other every week. We played yeah. Bridget six times, say, and we beat them every week. <laughs> And then the seventh match was the final and they won and then they went to the North Americans. So there was uproar. Even if you saw them on nights out, you'd nearly be like looking, giving each other filthies and everything. Like it was really intense. <laughs> that, that answers the question about who your nearest rivals uh, are anyway. I don't, I don't, need to, don't need to ask about that one. Is it, is it kind of the a good few clubs that kind of said there, I've noticed a lot of intense rivalries coming out, especially in, in America more so probably than maybe in Europe as well, but definitely in America. Is it something you leave on the pitch and it's your standard GA afterwards, it's good crack, or is yours so intense you can't even get on with them? <laughs> no, it is. It's it's really good crack after, but you like you have to avoid them. It's not like here, you know, after a match you'd be up chatting to people because you might know people from college and stuff here or I don't know especially if you're playing club matches, you might know them from the county team. And mm. you're, it's very friendly, mm. I suppose especially in Dublin anyway, because it's quite a close community um but over in america obviously especially the irish going over unless you knew another irish person on the bridges team you don't know them at all and the americans are very much like so well ash and girls are anti-bridges and vice versa there normally be scraps happening after matches and so so no it's so different over there because there's serious rivalry like even after the matches you wouldn't look at them even if okay. you're in the clubhouse after because everyone goes into in gaelic park everyone goes in and has, has drinks after but you wouldn't look at them like you know um oh. which was okay. just Different. that's pretty intense I yeah I, was. Say, well, I, I knew it was intense I didn't know it was uh, completely reject the other team literally to, no, it was no very, social interaction at very all. competitive but like yeah. we loved it we just got on board with it and yeah. um, 
no we all we actually love that side of it because I suppose over here it's you might lose a match but you're still friendly with the opposition sometimes yeah. but uh over there it's just the complete opposite yeah Ireland's too small you can't get away from them so I at know, least at yeah. least America's a bit bigger yeah oh that's good no that's I like to hear that because uh <laughs> yeah I'd be used to you know in the classroom like you know encouraging the kids and everything which you know rightly so to you know be nice to the other team and shake hands at the end there's sometimes though right really want them just to go over and just level the other team and just <laughs> we'll get back on the bus but obviously i can't say that but it's nice to know it does still exist um the world has sure i'm sure there's been a few managers you've really wanted to level after the game where you've just been listening to them jarring from the other side of the pitch and i just have had enough yeah, I spent a lot of my time behind them on the bench, so I didn't have to bear the brunt of a lot of it, which is fine. And uh, in Dublin, though, it does, even in the primary school level, like I'm teaching in Chapel, is it like it does get kind of, it gets competitive on the sideline, I've noticed, which I never thought yeah. would happen. But uh, yeah, I've, I've learned to hold my ground a little bit more anyway. So, right. So my main point is don't go to Ashton Gales unless I'm ready for a fight, basically. So, yeah. so far, yeah. <laughs> And uh, did they have much, the Americans in the club over there, did they have much interest in following the GA and following the Sunday game? Oh, yeah, massively. Um, every Sunday we'd have gone out after, I suppose, our games. And they'd all have, like, I have relations over in Chicago. And I went to stay with them for a week while I was there. And, like, they have all the networks yeah. to be able to watch any GA matches played. And they'd all, it's, I think it's kind of like a novelty as well with the different time differences. Yeah. And, you know, um in different communities when they felt like I don't know there's my uncle or my cousin over there is from Mayo but I think he knows that the Mayo people there so they'd come together to watch the matches and yeah. stuff so there was a nice sense of community about that as well must have been a great forum the other week so was he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right don't like, mention I, I was about to say Jesus that is uh yeah, yeah. Don't, don't mention the war yeah. Um, yeah yeah the time zone thing is pretty fun I remember getting up to watch uh when I was over in Las Vegas getting up to watch a match at I don't know what yeah. time in the morning. And then the other side in Australia, then, you know, it's it's kind of the same. So, um, and your own, I suppose, I have to ask, since you're here, uh, the Dublin career, how has that been going for you? Obviously, not, um, not a bad county to be playing with, in fairness. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it has. Um, it's been great. Um, I played underage, so I've known a few of the girls for years and just made really, really close friends. Um, so, no, it has, it's been really enjoyable since I think I made my league debut in 2015 and did make my championship one until 2019. So, there was a bit of a time difference there, but no, I've really enjoyed the whole journey and mm. the girls and everything. It's just, it's enjoyable to be around and everyone has the same goal in mind. Um, so yeah, no, it's been, I really um, enjoy playing. Do you, do you remember the debut in 2019? Yeah, it was the Leinster final. So it was against West Mead. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, is that against us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a, that's a rugby time frame there. Yeah. In my head, I was there going, 2018, we were in Leicester Diet, but I didn't want to take case I was totally off the mark. What what happened in that game, dare I ask? Um, well, I we won in the end. Um, it was a tough game. Westmead, we've always, because it was just ourselves and Westmead in the Leinster Championships for the last few years. Um, it has been, it's been tough, but um, we'll see Mead now come up to kind of add to a bit yeah. of the rivalry with Leinster again, which will be tough now going forward. Yeah. Were you involved um, in the Mead match? This year, I was, yeah, I was, okay. um, I was a sub, but yeah, I was involved. Yeah, in it was a bit. It, I don't know what it was like looking at from the bench, but looking at it on the TV, it seemed it was a bit insane in some ways. Do you expect? Uh, do you expect next year then to come back bigger and stronger yeah. next year? Yeah, hopefully there'll be a few things to work on. Like we knew me, they were going to come out strong. Yeah, um, but they really had a brilliant day 
you know, they did deserve to win in the end of the day. Um, so no, look, we'll just have to look forward to next year and kind of bring a few of the learnings that we learned this year. Hmm. They say, isn't it? If you don't win, if you don't win, you learn. So um, yeah. we'll have to go next year. I really should have promoted that meet episode of the podcast a bit better a few months ago because I could have told anybody after that I was like they're out to kill like they're absolutely going to murder yeah. anyone so yeah it was I think it was a bit of a shock when it when they hit some people especially I think Cork had an awful an awful uh, shock when it yeah. happened that was that was, that was so the, the, the four minutes the, yeah. that was absolutely insane everyone yeah. tuning back in to watch the last four minutes and uh, no, yeah. that was a brilliant match so it was the comeback was just incredible to be fair to me their story this year has been amazing Do you know where mm. they've gone from from last year to this year uh, it is it, like even for younger kids and everything in mead it is mm. inspiring to see that yeah and for next year are you hoping most of the girls for dublin will be back same again yeah hopefully now um nothing's really been said we haven't come together yet to discuss mm. or decide what's going to happen next year I think everyone needed a bit of headspace um but yeah hopefully we'll have a few of the same players and younger players and stuff coming up again that's so good yeah for. there's always a good conveyor belt in Dublin at every age level and every code anyway so you're you're definitely well blessed up there I'd say <laughs> hopefully now yeah hopefully <clears throat> and uh CJ what was your you mentioned that you stopped playing before 21s was it yeah, no, I, I played up until 21s. Um, I played guard the whole well, sorry, I, I did a mixture of football and guard with Rohini. Um, okay. I actually transferred from the local rivals at a pretty young age, which was very, very ropey. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I played till minors, and then uh, what happened with 21s was they were essentially trying not to do 21s team on our okay. second 21s, but we had this absolutely insane panel of players, like we had. Brian Howard, Sean McMahon, uh, those are two Dublin senior lads. And then we had, I think it was about, when I counted, it was like eight Dublin minor lads who were on our 21 squad. And I was like, how could the club not allow us to a 21 team here? This is absolutely outrageous. So I formed the group chat together and I just got the team, got got the band back on there, got the band back on the wheels. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I went for a few managers and I, I don't think there was uh, essentially much of like a, a get together vibe at it all I think people were just like oh just a bit sick of it but uh, I really dug my heels into the ground I was like do we have too good of a team not to put forward for a 21's championship and then when 21's ended um, I just sort of I really enjoyed 21's because it's the same squad that I mm. grew up so like we had I'd say 20 players we had 30 players in the panel because everyone wants to be a part of that 21's team because it was just it was like this glorious year where you get mm. every 20 years maybe if yeah. you're lucky um so yeah we had about 20 of the original players who were there from like under fours and um, the manager we had with dublin was or sorry who we had with rahini was absolutely hilarious like he's one of the our mates dads but like he it got to a stage where like some lads would have said that he's their second dad because he'd just been with them since they're under fives but he was just so sociable and so good when it comes to player welfare that he kept everybody on the entire okay. 10 15 years and um yeah it was a massive credit to him and he sort of got a bit shoved out towards the end now i don't know if it's because he didn't want to be involved or it was a case of the senior management team wanted to slowly integrate the under 21s to senior football okay but it was just there was it was it was just a weird year in terms of trying to get everyone on board everyone rejecting it and then the second one person said yeah i'll do it everybody mm. tried to jump 
on back onto the ship. Yeah. Um, look, what I will say is it led to a smooth transition for a lot of lads going from essentially underage to seniors. And to be fair, that Raheem team, when they've got the full panel and the full Dublin lads back, like they're a very good squad. It's just whenever they're not together, it's like the core midfield and the core centre are missing. And it's quite difficult to essentially manage without them. So, yeah, it didn't sound like your average bunch of players anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, Jeez. Look, look I mean, back on it, there is a lot of regret that we didn't win anything. <laughs> I was going to say it's quite the assembly of players that you uh, that you probably put together up there. So, uh, I sure yeah. look at least you gave at least you gave it a go anyway to, to get it back together. Yeah. That's the main thing. So, look, uh, the, the lads are go crack to be fair, so, and um, it it wasn't a completely social orientated thing because it was quite high level players. But hmm. at the end of the day, like we, we formed the squad. Just in the intention of having a bit of fun, just the final yep. years before you go off to senior and the entire team splits up. So it was sort of like the last hurrah. But um, I mean, the difficulty was we were playing, we actually went to the B championship that year. And I don't know why. There was a lot of management things going on. <laughs> well, wow. like, we unfortunately were in the same age group of Ballymun who had 16 double minor players when they were playing minors. And there was like Christy, I, I, I actually forgot his second name. He was like the Dublin minor manager was also the Ballymore manager at the time. Now it's not okay. taking like my lads, all lads deserve to be on that team. Like that mm. uh, panel of Dublin lads from uh, our minor age group were absolutely insane. Like it was like Evan Comfort, Paddy Smalls. And then there's a few more lads who probably should actually be up at Dublin right now, but aren't. But I mean, it just is what it is. Like, it's funny when we were playing minors, we grew up watching Evan Comfort and it's like, when he was like 16, 17, you could tell he was going to be the next big yep. Dublin superstar. Like you'd put the ball, the ball would just have left your foot going for a point. And he'd already be lasering a ball out to Aaron <laughs> Byrne in midfield. And you just yeah. think to yourself, how is this fair? You're 16, yeah. you should not be doing this. Like <laughs> yeah. many other county keepers wouldn't even be able to do that at this yeah. stage. Hey, we brought the Sam McGuire, I know, uh, into our school. Um a couple of years ago absolute gent as well like couldn't have been couldn't have been sounder you know offered to come back and talk to the kids and the whole like pure pure gentleman yeah I have a lot of time for him even though his hair looked atrocious um, with the oh bleach. I was just about to <laughs> ask yeah. was he rocking the horrendous hair so he was then? yeah now the six class girls thought he was you know the greatest looking thing ever but uh, I was like <laughs> what what is that like yeah uh, I know he's a sound guy in fairness but um, there's one other bit just about the the Ashton Gales um I I know you're only there on the J1, but did you get much of a sense of the fundraising side? It's kind of a running team that's come up with a lot of the clubs in America about the trickiness of fundraising. Um, I didn't actually. I'm trying to think of different events. I know they held an event. I went. I was kind of late. I actually did an internship in 2017, so I went over maybe the end of June. So I was kind of late going over, but I think they did run kind of a day, kind of a summer camp kind of day okay. like that a family day out basically um i know a few of the irish heads did give a hand but even i follow a few of the girls still on instagram now but it's still the core group um from ash and gales yeah they seem to be doing a lot as well i know they had like a, a dress up match there the other day it just seems like great that, fun. Yeah. But, uh, i didn't actually get to participate in any of the fundraising um at the time while i was there no okay 
not so bad and is there a standout memory or story or anything from the time there usually everyone who's there has at least one thing that is comes into their head podcast friendly i was just gonna you say. say you can mention <laughs> whatever no no one gives friendly. a shit it's fine <laughs> uh, but no we just had constant crack like you know you'd go training you'd just be laughing um we all kind of integrated well between the you know the Irish people coming in and the Americans that were there yeah. as well um they're all they're also nice even bringing us out to their houses going to different parties as well um I'm trying to think now is there one standout moment there was one where like on the pitch when it was literally got so physical against Bridget's <laughs> I was like Put to the ground I was ruffling and tussle with my marker and that was fine and then my club mate from home she was a sub but she came on for me with about 10 minutes ago run straight up and deck support her on the ground and like two bridges I think rugby tackled towards the ground and we're not letting her up and like had her in a headlock and I and like the game goes on there's nothing yeah cards are given and um, but I just remember that that was one kind of standout moment in terms of the football side of things. And we still talk about it now and laugh about it because it was just insane. Like you'd be red carded and like banned from the game forever over here if we did something like that. But it was just wrestling and punches thrown to the ground. But just seeing her run on, subbed, off, subbed me off and her running on with her fist in her hand like that, ready to go just to knock them out. Um, That's brilliant, yeah. Because I had the Madrid uh, Madrid Harps uh, GA team on last night, and there's almost like a hashtag Justice for Jordan campaign started after it, where uh, Megan was telling the story. This poor girl, Jordan, it was her debut. She barely knew the rules of the game, and she ended up getting sent off in an exhibition match, which I thought was wildly unfair. So um, you've gone total opposite, where you've just someone has just punched a decked girl, which I, I. it's also fantastic in such a different way, but <laughs> I know it was yeah. uh, still be thinking talking about it now. It was just shows how it actually was just maybe it was a had to be there moment, but it was honestly yeah. just hysterical. Um, but yeah, you get some reps like you get a ref could be a young lad over from Ireland, also playing one of the yeah. other teams and playing later on that day because it was like a whole day of matches between mm. all the women's and the GA as well. Um, but they'd ref and like the odd time they might be like. You know, like if we'd be like, ref, like that's ridiculous. That's a card. And they'd be like, okay, they pull a yellow card out. And we'd be like, you have to get off now for 10 minutes. And like, they'd be like, that's not the rule. And we'd be like, yes, there was no Simbin. Like there was, they didn't yeah. know like all the LGFA rules. Um, so that was kind of like the only time you might see a card come out, but there was no action against against the Simbin or anything yeah. like that. That's class. Yeah, that's a, that's a good story to add to the list anyway, for sure. Is there a, what, what's a good night out like with, with the Ashton Galeson? Oh, it was brilliant. But it's just like, it's funny. I found like a lot of Dublin people, even from people from school, went over to Chicago as well. They weren't playing um, football, but every night of the week, there was like a different location. Like, I don't know how it spread, but it was like different Irish nights out. So you could you could walk in and just think you're in the middle of coppers. Like, it was just like, you'd see everyone you know. Um, there was Joe's every Tuesday and you'd get like a $1 picture of Bud and stuff like that, um, which is brilliant. But it was nearly like a water fight. You'd come out, drenched in but people would just be pouring the pictures like on top of everyone um, but for a and for a dollar yeah it's probably yeah literally. <laughs> I'm trying to think there was a name of the bar Vaughn's is where we used to go um, with the Ashen Gale scenes and that was always the best fun like you know it'd be in the middle of nowhere and we'd all be trekking out from the city um, and it was just like this random Irish pub and it was just unbelievable crack that's brilliant so, yeah what yeah. about uh, you keep in touch with them at the moment what's their current situation with COVID and stuff hopefully disappearing 
How are they getting on? Yeah, well, I, I haven't been talking to any of them individually about the football mm. side of things and COVID, but it seems like they are out training away, which oh, is great. good. Um, Their fancy dressing looked interesting anyway. I know, yeah, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel now when I see things like that go up. I'd love to go back over again and see them uh, play. But... Yeah, if you got the chance, would you go back at some point? Yeah, I'd love to if if it the chance occurred. Um, I mean, if I was to live abroad, I'd like Chicago. I loved it for the mm. um, three months that we were there. I definitely would consider going back there again. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, um, certainly uh, sounds like a, a good club. I'm I'm loving the rivalry of Bridget's. That's that's definitely yeah, no. the 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 main thing I've taken from Ashton Gales versus Bridget's is a rivalry Anytime. like no other. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone's saying, did you play football when you were away? And you're telling them, yeah, but you have to go to Ashton Gales. And then you'd have someone else, uh, Laura McGinley, who'd be one of my friends on the Dublin team. She went to Bridget's. And she also sang, like, she had an amazing summer too. But I'm like, you couldn't possibly go to Bridget's. Like, you have to go to Ashton Gales. So they, they have such a rivalry with us now as well. Um, like, Laura's like, no, it's completely different J1 if you go to Bridget's. And I'm like, no, it's so different. <laughs> you have to go to Ashton Gales. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it still goes on to this day in Dublin people arguing whether it's Ashton Gales or Bridget's and I'm sure Brilliant. it's the same with the lads as well to be fair yeah that's class um and then there is a there's a little bit of kind of a, a quick fire round that I do with everybody before um I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about the gloves then I'm dying to find out a little bit more um, about them since I have a pair here beside me as well which is handy um the quick fire round um CJ who would be I'm going to change it around a little bit just now that you guys have a bit of a local a lot of local and county club and all that experience. Who would be the uh, who would be the tough nut at uh, at your club? Tough nut. Yeah, there's we always had, one at every club. Quick play. Yeah, we had a guy. Doesn't have to be that quick. Who I would have grown up with is like called Aaron Kelly, and he you you wouldn't want to get on the bad side. I'm completely honest with you. Okay. My lad, to be honest, had a horrendous time of injury. So um, I think he's taken a step back this year. But it's like every year he'd have his knee, have something wrong with him. But Jesus, if he was firing on all cylinders, we'd uh, I'd, I'd recommend stepping back a few inches. Okay, I like that. And what about a Kilmacud then? Who who should we look out for? Um, if you're looking out on the senior <clears throat> ladies team, Michelle Davern, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Big fat full forward. <laughs> Is that a is that club and county or? Uh, yeah, Michelle was actually up in the county team this year. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. No, I was wondering well. where you're going. Is she? Is she Kilmacud? Is she? Or she's Kilmacud. Oh, okay. Um, if I think a tough, oh sorry, tough nut, hundred percent between Croaks and Dublin is Lauren McGee. You do not want to get in the wrong side of her. Isn't her father is Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to get the wrong side of him either. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, what did actually, well, uh, just while well, it crossed my mind, I uh, mentioned Tough Nuts. Hannah Tyrrell made her way onto that panel and yeah. to take take the team by storm. How did how did that come about? I don't remember um, being on it before. Actually, when I first came up on the drum team, um, it could have been like the end of minor, I kind of came up and did like a bit of development training for maybe three months, um, mm. summer <clears> after six year. But Hannah was the Dublin sub goalie. Okay, I didn't know that. So she would have played, I think she played international soccer as a goalie. Um, and she's kind of a Lindsay Pete playing all yeah. the different coaches. But um, yeah, she just came on. She played, so we played her last summer. She went back and played with Nafina, um, hmm. her local club in Dublin. And we would have played her in club championship. When we saw her come out in the pitch, we were like, oh <laughs> no. <laughs> just after like a weekend of Irish rugby, we were yeah. like, she'll be flying fit. And we've been there yeah. drinking during COVID. We were like, oh no. Um, 
but yeah, she really excelled even from that up to Dublin Ben. I suppose her fitness came from rugby as well. She'd been yeah. training way with him and her kicking and stuff like that. Like she's an amazing free taker, hmm. uh, which doesn't, didn't do us too well against our championship match last week. But <laughs> um, no, she really, she's a brilliant player, a great teammate. Um, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. She, uh, she brings a lot of her skills from rugby over to Gaff, which is interesting. Yeah. I always try and see her trying to do little hands-offs in terms of the second she gets the ball, she wants to get away literally yeah. in. She actually doesn't even want to hold on to the ball to strike the player onto her. Yeah. Like I think they played Waterford. There's about three or four clips where she literally has Kiva O'Connor and the ball gets fed into her and she passed the ball off, I'd say less than a second after having the ball. And she it always works out. She's pop passing in rugby basically in GA as well. So okay. Um that's good to know. The club or county songs are karaoke. <laughs> could be Ashling Gales, could be Dublin, could be Kilmacud, could be uh, Mahina, could be anybody. The song that always comes up is uh, "It's Not Fair" by Lily Allen. <laughs> oh God, yeah, okay, that's a that's definitely a first. That's an unusual choice. I've never heard that, that one come up before. That is a uh, definitely one that's blared the all time with County anyway. Yeah, okay. And then Rahini, I actually wouldn't be able to tell you, to be completely honest. I have to call the, the lads. <laughs> yeah, the lads would be, um, the lads would rock up to a game with a massive amp and just piss off, I think, everybody within. Okay. Uh, I'd say 10 kilometers of the local area, just yeah. playing whatever whatever is on anyone's mind, essentially. So, uh, like, I remember we, we rocked up to a game up in Oliver Plunkett's and uh, just this mammoth of a speaker rocked up. And I was just thinking... We have interconnecting doors with the Plunkett's teams. I'm thinking to myself, the lads and Plunkett's must absolutely hate us right now because there's no way they're hearing anything because I can't hear anything. And the person beside me has gone deaf about five minutes ago. <laughs> I was anything being organised in that club at all. That's good tactics, actually. So uh, It is, yeah. Words in, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have any of the Brogans or Sean Bugler or someone coming out and telling you to shut up, no? Yeah, fair, fair. They, they were my local team for a good while when I lived in Dublin. I lived in Ashtown, they were my local team. And then when I we bought up in Clonsilla, then I was uh I was kind of transferred between a few different clubs to to go and stand on the sideline to watch. But uh Castle Lock had built, built their grounds in recent years. So before I moved out of Dublin a year ago, it was uh it was nice to go to Castle Lock. So you could definitely bring up an amp there and blare it out because sure the hotel yeah. would be the hotel would be delighted. So <laughs> they'd love they'd love that. Uh, getting yeah. transferred did you find it difficult or was oh, no, it? I was I wasn't playing I only mean just literally there was some oh, lads who yeah. wanted to go watch uh, go to games on the Navin Road others who wanted to go up to Castle Lock others who wanted to go further <laughs> and I just said well I'll stick with Castle Lock it was it was nearby and just going to them no transfer my <laughs> my Dublin career is probably one of those ones you know that'd be written in history books I went to out to Clonee and ended up in the Mead Junior B Leagues for nice. about about six months and then I said no my legs aren't able for this anymore so <laughs> I quit I think my last game ended up I ended up in Dunsany um I couldn't find that on the map in Mead now if you ask me but <laughs> I, I said well, no, is yeah, that I'm where done. Rob is right now or where no where Rob is, is Rob is in Louth in in yeah. Cooley Kickham's up in Louth um I could have done with a teammate like him or someone but yeah I, I, I wasn't <laughs> able for to afraid <laughs> terrifying sight being a defender and watching Rob Carney come on to the market to be yeah. completely honest yeah the, the jersey is still like you wouldn't you wouldn't take him down in the jersey and you wouldn't grab his jersey because it's stuck to him it looks like it's painted onto him so <laughs> yeah um, 
But yeah, apparently he's doing all right out there. Uh, what others have I got? Oh, yes. Uh, either of you can shout out this one. Are you part of the Marty Party or the Des Cahill fan club? Marty Party, 100%. Yeah, Marty's quite involved with the girls. So um, mm. there'd be a lot of betrayal going on on Ava's end if she wasn't to shout out Marty. Okay. Um, yeah, it's good to know. I, I think I'm going to have to ask this question because poor Des is not coming out of this very well after about, a, about 50 or 60 <laughs> chats. He says vote numbers are, are quite low, I won't lie. Uh, uh, your name's Marty Party. You're sort of getting a natural advantage as it is from the offset. Yeah, know. I've got that. Even even teams in Australia and, and in Asian stuff who hadn't heard of him just went, "Oh, I like the name Marty Party. That sounds pretty good." <laughs> um, who's the toughest team either of you have ever faced in your careers? Um, growing up playing Dublin underage, it always would have been Galway, and that has kind of come into play in the senior seen there recently as well um, I suppose at Dublin competitively it would be Cork Galway Donegal there's there's loads competitive for everyone and um, Mead obviously then this year and I think Mead will be a team that we could have good rivalry with now going forward especially in Leinster yeah considering we're all so young as well it's not, not a great sign but um, yeah it's if they're able to keep that fitness level up they play yeah. the final Mm. They'll be in the final nearly every single year. They play mm. split, split Mead and two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you said it. East Mead of East Mead and West West Mead. <laughs> <laughs> I think they already split it too, and I think we ended up in one part of it somehow. Uh, okay, they're uh, they're good teams. Uh, which uh, so they go for? Uh, I suppose Ava, this is kind of for your, for you, perhaps with the girls and Ash and Gales. But your greatest memory, standout memory with the club. Um, Apart from that girl, absolutely decking your one. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to stop that. If I'm it honest. really is, yeah. I think there's loads, but I just think standout memory would be those nights we had in Vaughn's in the pub. Um, there's too many of them to name all the different nights, but yep. that just always, I always just think of like the summer was just like the best fun had in Vaughn's. So that would be okay. sounds good. Vaughn's always, always a good show. It's also the pub in Father Ted as well, which brings me to your next question. Next question: What is your favorite Father Ted episode? You can go with this one. Ah, uh, the Christmas special will always be up there. So, yeah, <laughs> when, when they're trying to lead them out, the Brad Farmers is uh, it's one of the top scenes of Irish television ever. If I'm completely yep. honest, brilliant. Yep, love that one. Um, hats, flags, scarves, or headbands? You can pick one. <laughs> headbands. Hundred percent. I have a I have a f- photo of myself, and my uh, brother, and his playing Dublin, and I've got a massive flag in the background, so I'm going to have to stick to that. Say the to the flag. Okay, you're one of those put the flag in everyone's faces kind of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate I those people. <laughs> yep. Okay, that's one more for the flags and one more for the headband. So, um, and then this one kind of puts people on the spot, especially. Probably for the likes of you guys with such uh, a knowledge and vested interest in the GA, but the greatest GA player ever in your lifetime. Um, I think for me, growing up, there's obviously a few Dublin ones players that I looked up to, male and female, like Lindsay hmm. Pete was always my go-to um inspiration. But I think the Gooch um was just Ooh. a level of class that I always I was like, if it wasn't Dublin playing, I was sporting Kerry just for the gooch. <laughs> okay. Know. Yeah, he was definitely one of the biggest players for me. I think for myself, I mean, no, not looking up to, but if you look at Brian Fenton now, it, what he's yeah. doing, when people look 
back on it in 10 years people will be like this is absolutely nuts and maybe I am biased because he's Urhini and he's a local lad but like I was watching him play against Whitehall there in the championship last Friday and Jesus just the how vocal he is on a pitch like you're on a sideline and you're about to start talking out just to go and help him because of how vocal and just how inspiring he is for the lads like yeah. the two Ryans just rile that team up one by one but I think the longevity of Brian Fenton over the last six years like I know this year has been a bit rough but if you can name three games on a hand, like three games over the past five years where he's actually not been the greatest, mm. I I genuinely be impressed. Yeah, I probably couldn't. Yeah, that was his first defeat in championship, I think, wasn't it? This yeah. season, first time he's lost a game. Yeah, his record is nearly as good as mine. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, look, we we technically have a hundred percent record, so I mean, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's uh, it. my record at county level is 100%. No games, no wins. So it's it's a fantastic yeah. record. I'm very proud of it as well. <laughs> uh, and there's a there's a couple of uh, Chicago-themed ones as well, which I throw in for every city or every town. So uh, you can choose between uh, the Chicago Home Insurance Skyscraper, which was the world's first ever skyscraper, or the Spire. <laughs> oh, the Spire. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd choose the spire. Yes, uh, what the a shitty, what a shitty choice. That's the biggest tourist attraction in Europe. Why wouldn't I go for it? Yes, of course, obviously, yeah. Uh, you, you have to love the decision making behind that, lads. What are we going to do to get a bunch of people into Ireland to go yeah. and watch this tourist attraction? Let's just make a giant pole and put it <laughs> in the middle of our city. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot of questions about a lot of things around Ireland, but anyway, that's definitely one of them. Uh, <laughs> Chicago or Dublin, Ava. Uh, Dublin, Dublin. Okay. Yeah. Dublin. Yeah. Good enough. And uh, Lake Michigan or uh, Loch Ney, Ireland's finest lake. Sorry for that long ago. Uh, <laughs> lake Michigan. Lake Michigan. Good. Okay. Uh, and then let's get on to the great grip gloves because uh, I can testify that the grip on them is astounding. Um, <laughs> because I. <laughs> I wore them to five-a-side the other night, which I know uh, you're looking for the GA market, but I decided since it was my first five-a-side game in years that I said I need to be safe here and bring some gloves. So the last five-a-side game I played, I was stretchered to hospital. So uh, I didn't want the same thing happening again. So yeah, the grip on them is pretty astonishing. I feel great because I can pick up a full-size football with one hand, which I never could do in my life. So where did did the idea come from or what inspired you to, to take up this venture? So when I came back from America, obviously I was wearing the gloves that I bought on my J1. Um, and like that, I've worn them every like time it's been dry since. And I was like, it's probably time I get a new pair of gloves. And CJ for about a few years was always egging me on to just, why don't we like make our own design? Or why don't you make your own? So we took the idea of the glove that I was wearing and kind of transformed it and adjusted it to the GAA and yeah, we started up in June and kind of went from there. Um, we've had great success so far with some of the county players um, mm. wearing them, club players. Um, we've turned a few heads. A lot of people are like, you don't need gloves when it's dry. And then they try <laughs> them and they change their minds a bit. Yep. So we're still kind of breaking into that and trying to get people to be a bit more open-minded towards them and to trying them. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it started anyway, from Ash and Gales and from my time over there. Mm. And what's the, yeah. the science the science behind the grip on it? Did you have to do much research into that? Because like it's it's quite strong in fairness to grip on it. 
Yeah, so <laughs> how we face it, this thing called, uh, it's like the coefficient of friction. So the idea is if a object is moving, say about 10 kilometers an hour and it's going across the surface, how quickly is that ball moving when it exits the surface? So it's like we took that off the ball and we put it against the palm and then we put it against our gloves and we realized there was about a 20% increase in terms of, or well, sorry, decrease in speed, which essentially meant that there's about 20% increase in grip because it means that there is essentially traction dragging the ball back. Mm. So we saw that as, say, if a ball is being driven into you and it's spinning, if mm. your hand tries to stop that ball, that friction of the ball spinning at your hand reduces speed, making it easier to catch. Um, like we, we did a good bit of research on it. Like we, we wanted to make sure that it wasn't too sticky to the stage where it was actually slightly and completely unfair advantage. To players. Yeah. <clears throat> or like affecting the skills. Cause a lot of people will always ask like, what if I'm soloing the ball or hand passing? Is it like mm. slower or does it stick? So we had to look, kind of look into that a bit as well. Yeah. So um, when, when we sort of, dusted up all the research of it we were actually quite happy with the results in terms of will this affect individual players skills will it essentially take over in terms of you can't play without the gloves like we want everyone to wear the gloves but i think it just adds such a like weird dynamic to the game in terms mm-hmm. of people want to see better players and they want to see people play better and they want to see people reach their peak of how good they can be uh, and we just we would like to believe that these will be something that within five to 10 years, everyone will be wearing because it's just the natural. Like currently there's a stigma against them where it's like people don't like wearing gloves as it is. Um, let them gloves during dry weather. And if you try to convince people of this, they're going to turn around and go, you're absolutely insane saying that. But like, as we said, the second you give someone a pair of gloves and they try and pick up a football that they've never been able to pick up before, did hmm. you have this look of shock in their face where they're <laughs> yeah. like hang on this isn't a complete scam <laughs> but, um, yeah like as i just said there i think a lot of people think it's currently just a scam that I mean, the idea is people are just trying to make money off this but hmm. there genuinely is a pretty good backing towards it and yeah. i mean all the reviews we get off people who have paid for gloves is really what keeps us going because hmm. you have all these people who are really at a sort of really high level football and they're turning around to you and they go geez that's this is actually something that i could vouch in terms of moving on and trying to get somebody else on board with them mm. like we had the entire ladies football team their entire team bought a pair as like a great board in it obviously we'd be quite close to clontarf but either way it was still a big investment by then and we saw them in championship playing against Fox Cat there on the weekend. Unfortunately, they lost, but uh, it was uh, it was great to see great people wearing something mm. that you made, if you get me. So, yeah. Um, Have you made sure all the rival clubs get you know dodgy pairs <laughs> and you take take the take the good grip off? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was over now we're in the Dublin Championship and I'm like, people shouldn't be allowed to wear the gloves and they're playing against them because that's not fair. <laughs> Yeah, you to every American probably wearing a pair, you just try and rip them off their hands and see yeah. see what they say. Then have you yeah, had? Uh, yeah, what about the? I I saw the likes of, as it's like Murren Atkinson. I've seen I've seen quite a few names yeah. sort of uh sort of wearing them. Kicked it off. She's probably one of the first county players. Was she to wear them? Yeah. Um, and to be honest, Monaghan is our biggest market. Like every day you'd get an order from Monaghan. Right. <laughs> you know it. Okay. Honestly, I don't know how many people in Monaghan have fairs, but that a lot of it stems from Mern Atkinson. Um, 
she's been great, hasn't she? She's been spreading the word up there. Um, yeah, so Mern, Mern got a pair and she was like, I always wore um, wet weather gloves while it was dry. She, she was saying her fingers were quite stumpy, which was oh, funny. She, she said that she broke, she broke her finger once, so she always wears gloves for extra protection. Okay. Uh, so uh, we sent her a pair and uh, <laughs> not that they're stumpy. So she she liked them. And since then, like a few of the, she, she I think she coaches uh, the Cremartin senior lads, maybe okay. just a bit of s them. So an order for like nine of them went in straight away nearly after she started wearing them. Um, and there's a few of the senior ladies as well up in Monaghan wearing them too. So yeah, hopefully enough, soon enough we'll have a few senior men up there in Monaghan wearing them, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's massive stigma behind it where it's like, oh, I don't need something giving me an advantage. Mm. And um, <clears throat> once we essentially get around that, like Merrin was saying to us that loads of people keep on slagging her whenever she's wearing them being like oh it's good to see your magic gloves didn't work today which we just yeah. got laughed and Merrin's really good sports and Merrin took it like a champion and like instead of her like getting a bit upset by him and like putting them away because she's afraid that people were judging her for, judging her for it she literally turned around to us going I love it I love all the beef that I get for wearing the gloves like it's absolutely yeah. like if, if you ever get the opportunity to have a chat with Mern Atkinson, I heavily recommend it. She's okay. one of the funniest yeah. people we've ever met, I'd say. Okay. But um, no, it's good. I mean, Mern spread the word. And then off the back of that, I, like the intercounty players we had, we had Sarah Rowe wearing them. Hannah Tyrrell was <clears throat> wearing them because yeah. she's absolutely incredible at football. Hmm. Like she arguably probably would have got player of the year if the Dogs won the all Ireland this year yeah. with ladies. But like... A few of the Dublin girls wearing them. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what, and what about got, around the country? Uh, who who else have you got on board at the moment? We had three Leitrim girls, or more than after, but yeah. Claire Owens, Alva Clancy, uh, Anya Heslin from Leitrim, yeah. uh, mm. who were there, three of their key players. And then we mm. had Andrea O'Sullivan from Limerick, who's their mm. unreal number 11. And then we had Ashing Desmond, Ashing O'Connell from Kerry. Right. Um, Ashley O'Connell's another fantastic player yeah. to have a watch out for her next year. Okay. She be 97, but she really took a step up this year. Yeah. And okay. like, because of the gloves, you, what's nice about it is we get to watch a lot more of the games because it's like, well, there's actually reasons in terms of mm. we have a lot going for it for watching it. So we've watched, I, I, <laughs> I'd be afraid to count up how many games we've watched this year just yeah. in terms of seeing how people are getting on with the gloves. So. Mm. Yeah. And is this a, a full-time venture now? Is this your kind of your job or do yeah. you have um we're both working um at home at the minute? So when okay. we first started, PJ was kind of working a bit more part-time. Mm. So he had more time to get the website up yep. and running. Um and then it's just been busy. It's trying to get things mm. on the evening, orders on at lunchtime, and just yep. a lot of work and content done at the weekend to try and make yeah. midweek a bit easier. Um mm. we've enjoyed it, we've thoroughly enjoyed it yeah. from the get-go. What's nice is that once you have the product established, um, it's more just shipping them off. And yep. because of how the packaging is, it's literally just an envelope with a couple of little bits here and there and you just fire it in. So it doesn't take too long per individual order. Um, it's more just if we're looking get, to expand. Get your nice, get your nice bag as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're working on that. Yeah, we're working on that. No. I'm very happy with mine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we currently are currently essentially merging into a new market. So we are heavy believers that 
a lot of kids will go into GAB, but they won't be trained correctly from a young age. So hmm. we're, we've essentially drawn up gloves that are designed to target youth markets. So be tutorial-based gloves based on colors. So um, the idea is on the back of it, you'd have like the W that you're told that's how you're supposed to catch a ball. And then on the front of it, and the fingertips and on the palms um, where you're supposed to actually hand pass the ball. They're colored based off of what part of your finger you're supposed to hit the ball with. Yeah, no, as I said earlier on, like I, I, looking at it from a sports science type side, like there's a lot more sports science that's come into Gary of late in terms Mm. of nutritional Yes, and all that as well. Yes. Yes. I think there's going to be a massive revolution over the coming few years. And I think people will resist it as everyone says, but it's a case of mm. it's going to happen. Mm. Like it's just a matter of time. And I think the guy will become a lot more commercialized, especially with high sports buying it over. But yeah. I think the guy has been behind, but it will be caught up on very quickly just because of how many teams are trying to apply. Essentially, even just from statistics standpoints, like if you go down to a senior football game nowadays, I'd be amazed if you get less than 50% of games having a camera record the entire game, yeah. just teams to take stats on. Yeah. And stuff like that five years ago, you wouldn't even imagine of having a camera no. at a game. Yeah. Not so, at a club game, no. I think uh, as people try and get more and more, I'd say tactical with mm. their um, essentially management and stuff like that, you'll have a lot more products spring up that are trying to enhance the individual players' abilities mm. and their skills. So, and that's like, where you guys I, come in. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, yeah. fingers crossed. I, I think our hope is that we have the dry weather gloves and people actually go, hang on, yeah, this is a mm. fair enough point. Like, we have dry weather boots whenever the like whenever the surface is yeah, essentially the molds, yeah. If the surface is wet, we have moldies. So opposite. yeah, sorry, opposite. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> if we're able to establish that same idea with gloves, it'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we always like to keep an eye out for stuff uh, mm. either here, across the pond, AFL. Yep. See what the new thing is over there, and see if it can be translated in some mm. form over to the gas. Because, I mean, how we see it is, if the individual player's ability is better, it makes it more entertaining to watch. Yep. And if we can, I mean, not even if we can do it, if somebody else introduces it, it allows us essentially to enjoy the game that we've watched and we've grown up watching for years to become a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. And you, you think with it, with those those kids' clubs you're talking about, like a big thing around all the clubs around the world, I'm just thinking of like the guys in Argentina, like San Isidro and stuff, you know, all these ones who are trying to start a kids' unit, you know, for kids who have never seen a Gaelic football, like, the idea of yeah. having the gloves that that literally for a, t- a teacher essentially teaches them what to do like that can only be invaluable like to so many people around the world never mind just in ireland so is the international market uh something you're looking into or? yeah definitely um absolutely like we, we have a few more products that we've lined up now to mm. hopefully maybe even launch in the new year that will help kind of you know looking at kids and how they can improve certain skills by using certain products. Um, but I suppose the idea of the kids gloves as well is that every kid learns differently and hopefully like this kind of visual learning and having yeah. it on their hands, because even like up till nearly minor, I was still hand passing with the wrong side of my hand. And like with county training, we still work on hand passing every session, a bit of skills and stuff mm. like that. So things like that, if you could start them younger um, yeah. and just 
skills from there yeah yeah it's one day it's kind of like the you know tell me and i forget but involve me and i remember yeah. kind of thing and even something on their hands like i know as a teacher anything yeah. tactile just automatically makes things a lot easier so yeah i think you've got something you've definitely got something worthwhile anyway by the sounds of it especially on the kids side so yeah, yeah. um is there is there where where should people go looking for your gloves where's the best places to, to contact you um, well, we're on TikTok and Instagram where you can, we have our website link and bio there. Um, what is, do you want to go to the website link? Yeah, so it's greatgripgloves.shop uh, um, is the link to the website as well. Um, as I said, we don't currently have the kids gloves in yet, but yeah. uh, in the next Few month weeks, yeah. we should probably be releasing them. So well, By the um, time it, this goes out, uh, 9th of December, hopefully this will go out. So hopefully by then they'll be in stock. <laughs> Yeah, well, yep. hopefully they're out of stock. If I'm <laughs> out, of, out of stock, brilliant, even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyone listening, if they're out of stock, that's a good sign. Just give it a couple of days, they'll be back in again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so tick TikTok, Instagram, and then greatgripgloves.shop is the website. Yeah. yeah. And if Perfect. anyone um has any questions or anything, they can always just message us, DM us on either those social medias or our emails are actually in our uh, link three as well on Instagram. So We'll always come back to you. So always check it out. Great grip gloves for anyone who's listening. They're well worth it. I can I can testify to that. Um my pair is probably <laughs> is probably stuck to the side of the gear bag as I speak. The grip is so the grip is so strong <laughs> in it. So is there anything else uh, people should know about them before I let you guys go? Uh, just a lot of people um unfortunately don't understand that when it's wet, it can't <laughs> yeah. be worn. And yes. <laughs> honestly, the amount of people who've met us going, here, these don't work when it's wet. Yeah. It's just like, we really appreciate you first pair of our gloves. But yeah, un- unfortunately, they're they're pretty restricted if it's wet. Um, we always recommend a player keep either a pair of their wet weather gloves in their back shorts, yep. just as a quick swap around if it does get wet. So, I mean, that, that'd be our only other recommendation with regards to that. Yeah. We will be launching a pair of normal foam gloves, though, to keep everyone happy. Yeah. Soon okay. enough again. Nice. Hopefully by the 9th of December, they'll be uh, nearly out of stock, too. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, guys, thank you so much for, for giving up some of your evening. I really appreciate it. It's brilliant to, uh, brilliant to hear all about Ash and Gales and great group gloves and Dublin and Rahini and Kilmacud and everything else. It's been a, it's been great crack. Um, if there is anything else you need or... Anything you want, anything you put up, I'll more than happy pass it around as many people as I can and um, thanks, try and get I the really, gloves. Really appreciate it. And thanks for taking us today and having to listen to two dogs probably wasn't too easy. So appreciate uh, it. Look, I, I teach in Chapel that I'm used to hearing 250 dogs <laughs> every day. It's grand. It's no different. So, um, yeah, but I think the 9th of December is hopefully when this will be going out. Um, yeah, you guys will be right after Madrid uh, by the looks of it all going well. So, um yeah it's been fantastic and look keep in touch on on everything i've seen the tiktoks uh give me on the whatsapp the instagram oh no it's great it's great it's uh, i've already gotten kind of into it myself i haven't actually done one myself it's always just been the videos i've made to promote the podcast yeah. episode so uh you're much braver than i am put it that way <laughs> <laughs> i love uh, cheers for honestly yeah, it's, it's really absolutely flown it. in if i'm completely honest with you oh God, yeah. yeah it's a yeah. uh, I had a good time. I must yeah, say. thank you. Thank you Thanks for so everything. Much. It's been so good. Yeah, not at all. And uh, keep in touch and I'll chat to you guys soon again. Take it easy, Slan. Thanks, William. Bye-bye. Slan. Coming up the next day on the Loaf of Bread GA Global, we cut into our next slice.
one Irish fella in there and there might be one Aussie. Um, actually, whenever they get together, there's Aussie John, who's about 70 at this stage, and he's been around since they started up, and he's still, when we play friendly games, he'd still lace up boots, and he's a great character, but you know what, it's it's wonderful to see that, and I'm sure you've, when you've chatted to other clubs around the world, uh, you know, my wife is, is French-Canadian, as Quebecois as well, and she's come out and played over the years um, with the ladies here in Ottawa, but when you see, you know, a team that's talking to each other in French, and you know they're they're all into it they love this game a lot of them would never have seen it up until you know the last year yeah. or two but they've they've embraced it they found a game that they love and uh yeah that's you know they're great fun a, a bunch of them were down here for a friendly tournament we had a few weeks ago and you know they're coming on in leaps and bounds so uh coming up next monday on the loaf of bread ga podcast ga global on slice 45 i chat to kerry from ottawa and of antrim and dermot from galway and find it all about Ottawa Gales GA and the Canadian GA County Board as a whole. I find it all about the club's origins, Kerry's Cushendall and Antrim days, the East Canada GA scene of Montreal, Quebec, Toronto, Prince Edward Island and others, the visit of Joe McDonough to Ottawa, playing the great St. Mike's teams, the World Games 2023, Aussie John in Quebec, and an incredible story about club stalwart Breda, who played and won a final all while going through cancer treatment. An absolutely inspirational tale. And of course, Kerry and Dermot take on the quickfire questions with some very Canadian versus Ireland dilemmas. That's next Monday morning from 9am as you continue the journey with two slices a week. I'll see you at the arrivals hall, but until then, check out the various clubs on the Instagram page and see all the amazing work they do and some of the nicest GA gear going. Find the podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter and on TikTok. Email loafofbreadpod at gmail.com or just simply hit the follow button and spread the word of the Loaf of Bread GA pod across the globe. Slonagy.